At Woodside Bible Church, we gather each week to pursue God by studying His Word together. As we kick off the new year, we invite you to tune into our current series, The Forgotten Virtue, Learning to Love Again, where we'll discover how God defines love, Christ personifies love, and the Spirit empowers us to love one another. Together, we'll experience healing and hope in the love God designed for us, a love we carry through every season of life. Good morning, everyone. Did you appreciate the worship service? These guys are incredible. Thank you, Eric and Sarah and Caitlin. We love the way you guys bring the presence of God among us. Well, look at this. Everybody's on automatic. We have got Grandma Cheryl and Grandma Margie who are incredible with our children. They look at them same way I do at this age. You just see the future of the church being nurtured under the loving care of these ladies. So we're very thankful. Well, today, guys, we are continuing our series, Learning to Love Again. This is part four, Love Defined, and we want to take a look at the simplest idea of all, that God is love. And I know that three words are just so simple, and yet, and you probably heard it, but there's a depth of that that God wants to just pour into each one of our spirits today in a brand new, fresh way so that we are transformed by love. How many of you remember falling in love for the first time with a guy or a girl? Yeah, look at this. Look at this. What did it do to your life? Some of you ended up married. <laughs> so love is tremendously powerful. So I've got a little song I want you to listen to here for just a minute. And just pick it up. Pick up what's going on in the song. Uh, Billboard magazine released the top 50 love songs, and they, they did a study over 70 years to see which song was the number one song. And I think it, it hit the top charts for like seven weeks, all right? So let's listen to this if we could. Or not. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Anyhow, it's a lovely song by Lionel Richie. Anybody know who that is? Oh, good. Okay. Lionel Richie and uh, Diane Ross. And when you listen to this song, it just resonates with you. And if you turn it toward God, it's like, yes, all this time I thought it was in, you know, I was going to be fulfilled in this earthly love, you know. And here it comes. My first love, your every breath that I take, <laughs> your every step I make. Sarah's singing it up here. <laughs> and I, All right, that's enough. It, it gets real gushy and it's really sweet, right? But it's all this romantic love. And you know, there's something about falling in love that it blinds you to everything else. And that is like so cool because then you're like laser focused. I think I've told you before, I fell in love with this girl in high school. I saw her in ninth grade, 10th grade. I worked up enough nerve to send her a note. She got in my head, right? I couldn't get her out of my head. All I thought of was Chris Owen, you know. Yeah, 50, 56 years ago we met, yeah, you know. 
And so couldn't get her out of, out of my head. I couldn't even drive a car. I think I told you I like smashed up four cars at one time and it was all her fault because she got in my head. It was. I couldn't even drive. I couldn't do anything. I still remember her, her like mint green sweater that she wore to school. I know right where we, standing, where we were standing, I could smell her, her cologne. You know, it was like love. It's captivating. God is love. How many of you love chocolate? Yeah. Ice cream. Ice cream. Yeah. Isn't that good? How many of you love um, uh, John Mark's cars? Do you know what he drives? He, he, he's like, I, I have to love him anyhow, you know, but he drives a Mustang. Yeah. A fast one. And he also drives a Mini Cooper. Come on. Those tug at my heart all the time right? So we have all kinds of things that we love. How many of you have ever been to Gary and Carol's eye on Facebook? There you are. <laughs> You're so faithful. Been to their house and looked at the view? You love the view. Or Nevin George's place, love the view. How many of you love Pastor Dan? Okay, that's what I thought. That is so cool. All right, that's awesome. How many of you love AJ? Where's AJ? AJ is always, she's in the back. Everybody loves AJ. Okay. In the hallway, and the guy's got his back to me, and I'm, the girl's looking at me, and I'm going, <laughs> you know, just make sure you leave room for the Holy Spirit, right? Amen, amen, amen. So we are looking at learning to love again. <laughs> you know, when we got married, we love our spouses, right? And then something happens. I'm sure y'all had arguments, and you thought, what did I get myself into? <laughs> and it's time to love again again. Time to love again. God wants to show us how to do that. There is a romantic love that I believe with all of my heart, God lets us experience that in a way so that it becomes a pattern of a kind of love that we can have with him. So that it's captivating our minds. We're thinking about it. You can't wait to meet with him again because you love him. You want to be with him. So think about your experience in falling in love and then transfer that to the Lord because that's how we can grow. That's how we grow our relationship. And there's a maturity in your marital love that has taken place over the years. You got into it knowing it was all about you and having your needs satisfied. And as you soon found out, it was all about satisfying the needs of the one you love, and we love God. And he has a need. He has a need for you and I to grow closer to him than we have ever been before. And the end result is that we are blessed and everybody around us is blessed as well. This goes against the grain of contemporary culture today. There's Jesus' culture and then there's the world's culture. We are called to love one another even when it's difficult. We're called to a sacrificial love. And we're called to be on mission all the time. We are looking in 1 John in chapter 4. And John begins his epistle with these beautiful words. Dear children. You saw the children? I didn't have to announce it. They all just kind of got up and went, right? They're so teachable. And for us today, you know, the greatest thing that could happen this morning is that we tap into that childlikeness and we become teachable. I mean, you might be in a good place. Great. 
but God wants to bring you to a better place. <laughs> Isn't that better? Yeah. And if you're in a better place, he wants to bring you into the best place. And that happens by growing in our love, by being flexible, by being flexible, teachable, trainable with God. Jesus was one with the Father. He was heavenly minded. And everything he did on earth came out of that motivation that he had in his love relationship with the Father. We can learn doctrine from cover to cover. We can read the thick books, the ones with no pictures, okay? And we can know all of that. I was in a conference one time with a great apologist. And partway through, he was a well-known man. He still is. He started making fun of atheists. He started making jokes about people that don't believe in God. These are the people we're trying to reach. You don't reach people by making fun of them and what they believe. You know, I mean, I had to get, I left. I, I couldn't stay in that space <laughs> because love wasn't there at that particular time. Jesus is God's ultimate expression of love to every one of us. Our big idea, again, is that God is love. As we grow in love, we begin to have more of God's love in us, and we can become his expression of love everywhere we go. It is the thrill of life to be a vessel of God, used by God, because what is the purpose for our existence? Let's just think about that. We are here as an expression of God's love to this dying world. And he wants to work that out in our own lives and bring us to greater... Oh, it's not working. Hello. Is this one working? I have to put my brother breather voice on and scream. How about this one? <laughs> How about these? <laughs> Can you hear me now? Hello. <laughs> hello, hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. Is this one working? This one's working. Okay. All right. Real good. We'll put this one down. I was wondering why Pastor Dan jumped up. I thought I said something wrong. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, let's go on. So we want to look at three things today. Number one, love begins with the Father. So good. Number two, love is personified through the Son. We have an example of a human being, his name happened to be Jesus, who showed us how to love. And number three, you got some love going on today. That's cool. I'm glad. But love is perfected. Yeah, we can grow in love through the Holy Spirit. So let's take a look at 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. And in this verse, oh, there we go. <laughs> Beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God. I love that. And that person who loves knows God. Now, this is where it's not so nice. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. I mean, you can live all day on those two verses. When we don't like somebody, let's just be real today. How many of you have somebody you just don't really like a lot? All right, honest people. You know what? They may be people that it's very natural to not like them because they harmed you. 
yeah, you can think of them. I don't have to give you two, I don't have to give you two minutes. You did it in less than a second. But if we're going to grow up, and this is the need today, we are going to have to love the unlovely. Not the stranger unlovely, not just that person. I'll tell you a story in a little bit. But the unlovely one who has harmed us, hurt us, was, were mean to us perhaps, but we've got to come to that place like Joseph who said, yeah, yeah, from God's perspective, they meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. How many of you know that you have grown as a Christian because you have learned to love the unlovely? Yeah, all right? And there's steps to that. God wants to build that in our lives. We are loved. We are tight with God, but some are estranged with God, and we can call him Lord and Master, but what he wants to call us is beloved. Look at that first word, beloved. We are beloved of God. Say, I am loved. I am beloved. Yeah, we've got, you know what, I don't care how many times we hear this. I hear it from my high school kids. Oh, I heard Jesus loves me. But they haven't experienced it. We want to experience more and more of God's love. I'll tell you how it comes. It's so simple. So simple. Do you want to know? You carry on a conversation. How did I get connected 56 years ago with that little blonde girl in third hour study hall? I was too afraid to talk, so I wrote a note. Hi. She wrote a note back. Hi. It starts with conversation. Talk to God. Talk with God. And we'll build that beloved romance with the one who loves us so very, very much. This is God's plan for our lives. He wants to fill us up with his love, so much so that we are overflowing with his love and reaching this world with his love. It must be an experience. And I'm telling you this because there are some things you can do to position yourself in the right place. The guy in the hallway who likes that girl in the hallway, his class is downstairs. But where is he? He's upstairs because he knows her class is upstairs. We can position ourselves in a place where God can meet with us. It might be on the living room floor. It might be lying in bed. It might be going for a walk. This morning, Colleen said she went for a walk. You know, I've got friends that go for a walk and they meet with God positioning ourselves in that way. How many of you can think of a place where you can put yourself? Let's make it practical, something we can walk out. You got a place where you can go and meet with God? Let me see a hand. All right, that's good. We want to do that because we're showing God that we're serious about this. We're very serious about it. The other thing that this verse says is God is love. We talked about this already. You know, Jesus Christ came to earth. It's a historical fact. It's a biblical fact. And God wants to take all of that and turn it into an experience for each of us. Jesus came from the Father, you know, and he came with his love. His love was formative, right? Your parents loved you or they didn't love you. They loved you to some degree, and that love and that affection formed who you are today because you responded. Think about all the things you want to change in your life today. It's a lot, isn't it? More than fills this room, I'd have to say. 
It comes by experiencing the transformational love of God. So let's position ourselves in that kind of a way. We experience God when we have that connection with Jesus and his Holy Spirit. The Father's love. You know, you can define the position of a president. You can say, Mr. President. You can even call the person by name as president. Commander-in-chief. The White House has proclaimed, right? The Oval, come from the Oval Office today, we have this breaking news. But none of those positional terms define the character. The character, the office doesn't change, but the character is different, okay? And right here, what we have in Scripture is, uh, is, is a definition. The apostle uh, that wrote this, John, doesn't go for that positional thing. He goes right for the character. He doesn't define God as the ruler. He doesn't call him Savior. He doesn't call him the creative one. He doesn't call him God Almighty. He calls him love. And that's his character above everything else. God is love. Love solves every kind of issue that we have in our lives. Love solves our personality issues, our inherited iniquity. It solves the issues in our culture. You know, I've got a slide I can't wait to show you because it is a picture of what happens when the power of the gospel and of God's love uh, moves away. His love will correct our tendency to fall into the world's cultural way of thinking. I'm doing a study right now with students. You know, what is Jesus' culture compared to American culture? And our eyes are being opened like the Apostle Paul. Scales are falling. We're beginning to see, you know, what the kingdom of God is really all about. Let's look at uh, John 13, 34. One of my favorite verses throughout Scripture. Jesus said this. He's giving his disciples a final charge. So he's got he's to leave them with a tagline. He's got to leave them with some sticky truth. It gets on them and it can't get off. Right? There's Velcro. It's just it's on them. So he says this. A new commandment I give to you that you love one another. Here's a crazy word just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. And by this, check it out, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if, if you have love one for another. Isn't that amazing? Is that really a new commandment? In, the, in, in, in essence, it is because he told them to love in a manner just as he loved just as he loved. How did Jesus love? And who did, he, who did he pick to love? Now, he loves all people, of course, but there were some that was just like, I got to love that woman at the well. <laughs> She'd had six husbands, right? And he's number seven, the biblical number of perfection, and all of her issues seemed to be answered in that moment. And her call you know, to be loved. She had found it in a natural way, but that day she found it in a spiritual way. Amen. God loves to love us and see us respond. 
see us respond. Love as I have loved. I think Jesus had a laser focus in life as he walked. His love was captivating so that he loved the Father. And whatever he saw there, he came back from his meeting place and saw the world as like an unlovely place and saw himself as the messenger of love that would solve these issues. Why don't you turn to the person, turn a couple people next to you and just say, I love you. Go ahead. <laughs> you know, I'm so happy today. We have, we have visitors here today. Is that good? <laughs> Does anybody love the visitors? Yeah, you don't know them too well yet, do you? Anyhow, neither do I. But I can say, I love them. Because they walk in the door, you know, and you just see, there's the creation of God. We got a tall one today, okay? God put a lot in there, <laughs> all right? Or a little one, mighty in spirit. So when we look at people, we are looking at the creation of God. Somebody who has something that is so incredible that we can't wait to get to know them and see God's design in their lives. Uh, this is awesome. I, I think it's fantastic. Number two, love is personified in Jesus. 1 John 4, verse 9. In this, the love of God, that is Jesus, was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation or the substitutional provision, the sacrifice for our sins. God expressed his love toward us. He didn't have to send Jesus. In Noah's day, they just all got wiped out. He could have done it again. But he sent his son. And this is beautiful. This is beautiful. His only son, the one of a kind son, right? The sacrifice of Jesus' life. We give our all for whatever we love. Have you noticed that? How many have been on a mission to build something, to make something, to have an experience? If you love that, you do it with all your might. What do we do with our spare time? It kind of shows a place of affection, at least. I mean, if you golf, golf for Jesus. If you are an artist, art for Jesus, right? If you're a gardener, garden for Jesus, just like Adam and Eve, you know. It's like full-time love. Love is full-time. <laughs> love is totally full-time all the time. Sleep, yeah, sleep for Jesus. Make sure you sleep well, keep track, you know, so you can live every day to the op optimum performance because you're in love with Jesus. Everything's about that. Well, Jesus came to save us from our sinful nature and the manifestation of that sin. There's two things there, not just the sins we've committed, but for the character that is still within us that is sinful. The wages of sin is death, right? And so, oh my gosh, one day I was driving down Shortcut Road, and I knew Jesus died for me. And I knew that the blood of animals could not take care of my sin, couldn't wash them away couldn't purge my conscience. I knew it was just a legal thing that gave me another right standing with God. But I was going a couple miles over the speed limit, right? Please? 
no heckling from the audience today. This is church. All right, let's behave. All right, love me. Come on. <laughs> no, but <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yes, I said a couple, <laughs> maybe a few. All right, <laughs> miles over the speed limit, and this dove. It couldn't have been a blackbird, right? No, it's this dove comes floating by and boom. I ca he caught my grill. In that moment, I experienced my sin caused a death. Because I heard Jesus died for me a million times. But when my sin killed that sweet little innocent dove, boom. And I got out of my car, and there's his feathers, you know. It's like, not nice. But I, that helps me to process the fact that Jesus died for me. Romans 5.11 says, We also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. We have been made right with Jesus. There are people in our lives that we've been made right with. You've had arguments within your family, and then that reconciliation comes because the power of that flows from God to us, and then we walk that out in real life. 2 Corinthians 5.12, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And that righteous, part of that righteousness of God is expressed through love. 2 Corinthians 9.15, now thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. I don't know, is it hard for us to be impressed with Jesus? <laughs> it's like it shouldn't be. I thought, oh God, am I supposed to talk these people into falling in love with you? I say, what can I say nice about God? Well, he died for us, right? I nearly drowned in a swimming pool when I was about 14 or 15, just skin and bones, nothing to help me float, you know? And uh, so I'm, I'm drowning in this pool. I'm going down. I went down three times, and I'm thinking, somebody up there can save me, right? So it was at the, uh, the home down the street, Miss, Mrs. Cummer. They had adopted five kids. I said, she loved kids. She's sitting right there. She's going to let me die? So she jumped in. She saved my life. And I thought, I can't, I can't go home. She said, I have to live here now. I will be her pool boy. I will take out her garbage. I will do what I wash her windows. I'll cut the grass. I have to live for her. She saved my life. Is that your sense before God? That is such a reality experience to know that you owe your life to the one who has saved you. Father's love sent Jesus into our lives. It's up to us to respond. What we have to do today, if you don't know Jesus, and if you do know Jesus, admit that you have some sort of a sin issue. You're saved, you're forgiven, but there's still a character issue that God is working on. You know, I'm still learning some of mine. And I, I actually wrote it on a piece of paper, what it was, the other day. And then Dan, Pastor Dan and I were talking, and he said it verbally. And it was like, well, I wrote it on the paper. It was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that, that little thing. But when he said it, it was like, ah, it's not little anymore. <laughs> it's huge. <laughs> and Joe's got to grow up, you know. So it's like, that's a great place to be. Let's just admit we have issues. And then secondly, let's recognize that God has provided 
you know, Jesus Christ and God gives us the experience of new life. He raised him from the dead. We don't stay in a place of sin. We experience, you know, the death of the cross through Christ. And we also get to experience the resurrection power that turns us into new people. That's what the scripture says. So we need to be walking around in that newness of life because we experience his love. And then we go on to further degrees of sanctification in the process of becoming more and more like Jesus. The scripture, I love it, it says that Paul prays and he says, oh, that the people would know, that the people would experience the love of God. That is the height, the depth, the breadth of it, you know, every dimension possible, so that they will come into the fullness of Christ. God has so much for us. He has, so, he has a dream for our lives that can only come true as we continue in this process of, of the perfecting love of the Holy Spirit. So number three is love is perfected through the Spirit. 1 John 4, 11. And here's that word, if. Small word. But listen to it. Beloved, there we are. I'm loved. You're loved. We're beloved. Beloved, if. God so loved us, yeah, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us. And look at what, look at what God does. And his love is perfected in us. Wouldn't it be great to be recipients of more love and then to be the vessel through whom God expresses that love to more people in your life everywhere? That is incredible. As we heard, love is a verb. You know, the testimony of the people in Algonac is that Woodside Algonac is a place that expresses love in our community. Amen. Give God a hand for that because he did it. He's the one who did it. You know, thank God we have leaders who are sensitive enough to know how to interact in our community so that we can walk that out. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. And so many of you have testimonies of people who have made mention of that. I love it. Absolutely love it. Nobody's ever seen God. But we can show people the sacrificial expressions of God's love by how we live in community, in relationships with one another. The love of God needs to permeate us so that we are just thrilled to be with one another. There's no apologetic that can ever take the place of love that is demonstrated. I think that's awesome so that we are his lively messengers every day. Love that we're talking about cannot be fueled by you making a decision today that you're going to try harder. It's got to come out of that communication their relationship with God. Could you, um, could you put that slide up for me of the uh, church? There's a sanctuary there I want to show everybody. It's called a sanctuary. Our love, our passion. Do we focus our passion or our love on our preferences or do we focus our love on God's purposes? Did you get that? Every one of us live with a passion. Is it toward our preferences or is it toward the passion of God? I stood in this place last Saturday with some folks from Woodside. We were on a photo shoot. 
And we're trying to be neighbors. We're trying to love neighbors. Moved into this area. We walked in, and um, a man, gentleman came out, and he was confrontational. So instead of backing away, I thought, you know, buddy, I am here to help. So I started walking toward, we would have none of me or any of the people I was with. He asked us to leave, so eventually we did. But we tried. We're not always successful. But I'm standing in the middle of this place, and I'm realizing something that is very real for all of us. That was called a sanctuary, right? And I'm thinking, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm the sanctuary. Yeah. You are the sanctuary. This place represented a, a gathering place, a worship center where people came to honor God. And this is what it looks like? What is the testimony of that place of worship? They were ineffective. The gospel is supposed to permeate an entire neighborhood because the love of God is shed abroad. And this is an ugly testimony of what happens when we are not responding to the ongoing vision of God. Now, none of us look like this, I am sure. But when you think about the fact that God wants all of Detroit, these bad neighborhoods, right, permeated with the gospel, how is that going to happen? Because it was there. Somebody got the finances together and the care and the passion enough to build an incredible sanctuary building, right? They called it a sanctuary, a worship center. But it was unsuccessful. One day we come before God. And we will answer for all the love he's poured out and for all the giftedness he's put into every one of our lives. And we will have to answer the question, did you use the giftedness, the passion that was in you for your purpose, or did you use it for his purpose? I think that is an incredibly great question for every single one of us. And I know that deep in our hearts, we want God's love. Amen. We want God's love. We want to be vessels of his love. That day, we went to lunch at a little restaurant, and uh, we ordered out. We went out and had a tailgate party, and there's this person behind me yelling. And my friends are in front of me, and they're turning, and they're looking. I couldn't understand. So I turned around, and they started talking, and I said, hey, I can't understand a word you're saying. Come on over here. Take your mask off. Stay seven feet apart. And... Um, he was saying he's hungry and he wanted food. He asked me if I have any money. I said, well, what do you want money for? He said, food. And I said, okay. He says, but this restaurant won't let me in. They called the police on me. They told me they're going to kill me. They're going to cut me up in pieces and throw me in the field over there with all that junk. And I said, they won't let you in this restaurant? He goes, no. I said, well, you know what? You're with me. <laughs> the, this is the temple of God right here. <laughs> you know, I know it doesn't look like much, but Jesus said he lives in us. And I know that he loves you, so let's go in there. So I'm ordering food, right? I'm the man now. I got money. I'm buying food. So he's going to listen to whatever I have to say. It was really cute. And I said, you are born with a gift of gab. You can talk, and you have a way of talking money right out of people's pockets into your pocket. And that gift, and this goes for every one of our gifts, that gift is meant 
as a gift from God so that you can get gold and truth from heaven. Let it fill your heart and then use that gift of gab to pour love and the true riches into other people's lives. You know, he responded in that moment. It was so cool. It was so cool. I was so happy, you know, that, you know, I mean, they're not all successful. And I don't know, you know, he knows God. He knows about God. But I wanted him to experience God's love. And I could look him in the face and I could say, I don't know you, but I love you because God made you. Amen. Amen. How many of us just look so forward to being captivated by God's love that we cannot wait to express it within this group and in our community? How many? Are you there? Amen. Amen. Let's have our musicians come back. And Lord God, I trust that you have spoken to each one of our hearts today. I pray that in your mercy... You will move us from where we are in our love relationship with you to where you want us to be. May we know the Father's love. May we recognize Jesus as a personification of love. As a human, we can walk in that same way as we maintain our connection with you. And may we also yield to the perfecting of our love by the work of your Holy Spirit in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us as we study God's word together. We would love to hear how God is moving in your heart and get you connected into the Woodside Bible Church family. Head to woodsidebible.org connect to introduce yourself today.